Good morning. We are continuing to look this morning at the Beatitudes. Um, I don't know if you can see this slide, but it says living the right side up in an upside down world. As Jesus kind of proclaims this topsy-turvy way the kingdom of God works, which of course is only topsy-turvy to us. It makes perfect sense to Jesus as he was talking about the kingdom of God. But it is quite hard for us to shift our thinking, isn't it? That we can so get programmed into thinking a certain way and it can be really hard to change out of that. This is a very trivial example, but um, it occurred to me this week that I was uh, brought up on Weetabix and um, for breakfast, obviously. And so was programmed into me, I suppose, that Weetabix was the make and the brand to have for breakfast. I always enjoyed eating it. And even though um, other cheaper brands came in, um, and such as Aldi here, um, have marketed something called Weetabix, and of course the packet looks really similar to Weetabix, I didn't ever buy them because to my mind, Weetabix is Weetabix, and that's what I needed for my breakfast. And it felt as though it was only when the cost of living started, the crisis one started, and that uh, we were just kind of counting our pennies a bit more closely, that I thought, well, actually, perhaps I'll just try the Aldi brand and see. And of course, in reality, um, I, I couldn't taste the difference at all. But it just occurred to me that we can be, I was so set and programmed in my mind about a certain way and it took something to happen to make me be willing to explore another way. And uh, now here I am, uh, very happy, eating Aldi Wheatbix for breakfast. So I think there's something of that reset uh, that is needed in our minds as we come to the Beatitudes. And we have looked at blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Last week we looked at blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And it's um, Jesus saying to people who feel that they have no choice in their situation, that nobody chooses to be poor in spirit, nobody chooses to mourn something uh, that uh, dear that they have lost. Um, and Jesus is saying, don't despair. Take heart. God's kingdom is yours. You will experience me in a different way. And today we're coming on to blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And if ever there was an odd combination, this one seems to be it for me. We often think of meekness as weakness and kind of wishy-washiness. In fact, if you look it up in the uh, dictionary, it says someone who offers no will, no resistance to anybody else. And so it has real negative connotations and, um, and, and it can almost be a little bit of a joke. But actually, of course, Jesus is saying this as this contains real truth and it's something that uh, we need to get our minds around. So I thought it would just be helpful, first of all, just to set this in its context. So there are echoes here of the exile, which is what Jean referred to when um, he in, in the first one, blessed are the poor in spirit. So back in the day, 600 odd years BC, um, the uh, Jews and their king were living in Jerusalem. 
And then they were um, attacked by the Babylonian army and there was exile and a whole wave of them were taken off back to Babylon. Uh, the king and the leading citizens and their craftsmen. Um, this include people um, like Daniel and Ezekiel, who you may have heard of. Then 10 years later, there was another exile. Um, this time, Jerusalem was ransacked. Um, the temple was destroyed. And really, anybody who was useful at all to the Babylonians were, were taken off, um, leaving only the very poor people behind uh, to work the fields and the vineyards. And then there was a bit of an uprising about five years later and um, as a, in kind of rebellion to that, and uh, which, which all went really rather wrong. And so the people who were left in Jerusalem, um, actually, those who could, they escaped to Egypt. Uh, Jeremiah was among them. So really, who was left now in Jerusalem really were the seriously helpless, poor and meek, the ones who really did have no power or control over their lives. <clears throat> so Jerusalem was a place of desolation. It was a place of broken dreams and broken hopes. But it was still the holy city. God hadn't ever given up on his people. The story wasn't over. So that was the first context really to to think about these verses that Jesus these phrases that Jesus is saying and then the other one is another one is to say that Jesus was actually quoting from Psalm, Psalm 37 where it starts off saying do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those to do wrong and it's a psalm where it talks of and, and contrasts God's people with the wicked. And it reads promises to God's people um, and, and says sort of dire, dire things will happen to the, to the wicked. And it's encouraging the readers to be aware of their programming of the worldview. So don't, don't fret because of those who are evil or doing wrong and are thinking that they're doing okay. And it actually gives seven references in this psalm to inheriting and uh, the land and um, dwelling in the, the land. And that's where Jesus got this, uh, the meek will inherit the land from. So in Psalm 37, there is this urge, this encouragement to reset our thinking and to realise that actually what is happening in our own lived experience, there's more going on to that and to trust in God's promise for a better way to come. And the third thing that um, with this inheriting the land has echoes for me is right back um, at the very beginning to the Garden of Eden and creation where the earth was gifted to humans, that they were given responsibility to care for it by God the Creator. And that is actually it's part of our natural identity, part of our image of God to exercise um, power and responsibility over our lives and earth. But of course, we know that it all went wrong and that our ego deceived us, um, misled us and it all went disaster disastrously wrong. But there is another way of looking at that because that whole reset 
is, is told out in the rest of the biblical story. And that the land is always promised as a place of safety, a place of plenty, where God's provision and peace and safety will be provided for us. So that's kind of the, the setting, if you like, the context for the meek inheriting the land. So where does that leave us today? What does biblical meekness look like for us today? I think both nationally and personally, there are many people who are living like the Jerusalem Jews, people who are living in a desolate place, a place of broken dreams and of pain where they feel they have no choice and can offer no resistance to their circumstances, where it's easy to dwell on what we are missing out on, all the things that we had but we no longer have, the precious things that we have lost. And I think this, these times, um, it's possible for our ego to deceive us still, for self-pity to develop within us, for us to be able to think, why me? for a hardness of heart to come about, to, for us to say, nobody understands, nobody gets what situation I am going through. God isn't there. God has forgotten me. And yet Jesus is saying to us, reset our thinking, reprogram our heart and mind. Do not despair. What you are experiencing is not the total reality. I have not forgotten you. Your purpose, your meaning, your reason for living is to be found in me. My father and I, we know what we're doing in this world. It is okay. We know our purposes. You are not forgotten. Our care and our love, our gifting, our timing is at work. And back um, in Psalm 37, it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. The earth is our inheritance. You know, that, that place of plenty will become ours. All that we are gifted and called to be will still come to fruition. We will be given our inheritance. There is enough of God to go round. And you know, this kind of position, to live in this kind of desolation, is not something that is passive. It requires honesty. It requires vulnerability requires courage and perseverance on a well-night hourly basis. It requires calling out to God and sharing with our friends, knowing that actually we are not alone in this situation. And today, as we celebrate Pentecost, we pray, come Holy Spirit. Reset our hearts and minds that we may know and trust you 
that we will inherit the land. And then secondly, and lastly, I just wanted to talk about Jesus as his characteristic of meekness. Meekness was part of him and we, where we sing and we see art of um, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. And it's kind of conjures up the image of Jesus surrounded by children and maybe a couple of lambs and, lambs and um, you know, possibly with blonde hair. And I, I just think that's really dodgy theology. Um, Jesus was a leader. He was strong. He was assertive. He was bold. He was courageous. He was powerful. He was focused. He was straight talking. He was self-confident. And, and yeah, he was unpretentious, but he knew who he was. I sometimes wonder what he was like on the Myers-Briggs um, scale. Would it be interesting to know? But the hymn writers and the uh, uh, the artists do have it right. He he was meek too. He was meek in the sense that he chose to submit himself to the will of the Father. He showed no resistance to his Father. They were totally together, at one in purpose and heart. He knew his destiny. He knew who he was. And everything that he did and said came out of that. So, in fact, his meekness in no way diminished his energies or giftings, but he was enriched and enhanced by them. And because of his meekness, he was able to live his life enduring the snubs and the misunderstandings and the persecutions and even death on the cross. And so I think it is with us too that we also need to reset our what we think about meekness. There is no way that we, our own giftings and energies and personalities, wherever we are on the Myers-Briggs scale, we're not diminished by choosing to be meek. We're not diminished by aligning our thoughts and hearts and minds to the Father's will. If we allow ourselves to be shaped by him, if we kind of offer what we have, all our personality, our energies, our giftings, kind of on the altar and just say, how might we best partner you in this world? If we realise that all that we have given, the power, the privilege, the prestige that we have, they come as a gift from God. If we offer them to him, then we will inherit the earth. We will become the people that we were called to be. And so on this Pentecost Sunday, we submit our hearts, our giftings, our energies to you, and we say, come, Holy Spirit, fill us for your kingdom. Amen. <laughs>